0: Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, we get to speak with a best-selling author who is also in the National Speakers Association Hall of Fame, Mr. Bob Berg.
1: Not only has Bob sold over 2 million books as an author, but he's a great storyteller, you guys. From the worst introductions he's received on stage to how he teaches a memory class on how to remember people's names. So
0: if we meet him down the road, Steph, will he remember our names?
1: Uh, he said he'd remember my name.
0: Of course he will. <laughs> And he'll probably remember my name, too, as Steph's husband.
1: (laughs) You guys, we can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Mr. Bob Berg. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And
0: during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery.
1: Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future.
0: All right, Steph.
1: I'm ready to get motivated. (laughs) I am. This guy is going to be amazing.
0: This guy's a big deal. Well, friends, our next guest is co-author of the international best-selling book *The Go Giver* and a highly sought-after professional speaker. For over 30 years, he has successfully shown entrepreneurs, leaders, and sales professionals how to communicate their value and accelerate their business growth. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to *Tell Us a Good Story* from Jupiter, Florida, Mr. Bob Berg.
2: Bob Berg, oh, welcome, thank you, Kevin and Steph. Just uh, I can't imagine a nicer welcome. Thank you for making me feel so at home.
1: Oh, we're so excited to have you.
0: Well, thank you for saying yes to us. Mm-hmm. And last week, we actually talked to someone from Jupiter, Florida as well. His uh-huh. name's Vince Papali.
1: Papali.
0: He played for the Philadelphia Eagles, and they made a movie about him, a Disney film called Invincible. Oh, that was a great movie, wasn't was it?
2: Yes. not it it it? Oh. I didn't know he lived in Jupiter. A lot of yes. people live in Jupiter, though. It's sort of like a um, golf mecca down here. So there's a, you know, pretty much a golf course on every corner, just like there's a, you know, in Milwaukee, there's a saloon and every
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is going to be a little unique, Bob. So Steph and I were talking ahead of time. And typically, we kind of go through just some questions and stuff. And then we get to a list of fun facts. But I want to make this all about fun facts about you, if that's okay. And this will lead to some fun stories, fun conversations. So keep me honest here. If any of these are wrong, please let me know. And Steph is not aware of any of these, Bob. So you're going to see her genuine
2: reaction to these <laughs> fun facts about you. I didn't know there were fun facts about <laughs> me. I knew there were facts about me. didn't know there were fun, but I saw so I'm kind of looking forward. I may be just as shocked as Steph is, So I, I don't I can't promise anything. <laughs> All right, Steph. Fun
0: fact number one about Bob. He started his career as a sportscaster on the radio Ooh. and then as a TV news anchor for an ABC affiliate before what he says he graduated into sales. Okay. So, Bob, do you have any good stories from your broadcasting career or something gone
2: wrong on live TV? Well, something always goes wrong on live TV. More, more than we know. I, our weather guy, who was just a great guy, but at the, at the time, he had a, a bit of a drinking challenge oh no and, yeah and uh one night we, we went out to dinner between the six o'clock and the ten o'clock news and we went out to dinner and you know he was having a couple drinks which you know wasn't wasn't anything unusual for me he's usually okay but he wanted to hang around afterwards and when i went back to the station ah come on you know let's let's go back no i'll be back in just a bit well he got back just about at game time and he was just sloshed oh no and, yeah, and I didn't really know it until he was doing his product, because I'm I'm just not a drinker, so I don't recognize it in, in people. Though, once he was on doing the weather, it, it was very obvious, and there was just no way once it had once it started, there was no way to get him off. There's no hook we could use. You know? <laughs> it's funny that management was really mad at me the next day. Well, wh- why did you let him go on? You know, how could you not tell? I don't know. I just couldn't really tell. It was okay with me, you know. Um what were some of the sports you were broadcasting then on the radio? Oh, I was just the sports guy, you know, reading the sports uh, in the morning. Okay. But, you know, I, I got to go out and do interviews and so forth. And so I, it was really cool because I would meet some of my heroes who, you know, growing up in the area, in the greater Boston area. These are heroes of mine. And then I got to interview and, you know, it was like, wow, you know, this is <laughs> you had to not do that. You know, you <laughs> there, Whoa. Oh, really? I can, <laughs> I So that was fun. But, you know, when I when I got into television news and I only did news because there wasn't a job opening in sports and I was kind of hoping that would happen. But I really wasn't a good newscaster. You know, I could read the news, but that's that's not the same as being a journalist. Right. Right. Uh, I was probably also a little bit too positive for the medium. My idea of a a newscast opening would have been to say, good evening, everyone. I'm Bob Berg in the news. Everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> Go to bed. Go to bed. You're good.
1: <laughs> who was your favorite interview that was one of your heroes?
2: Bobby Orr, who was the greatest hockey player of all time. And he was the most humble, nicest person you could ever imagine. I, I never, ever forgot that, that interview. That's very and Everybody nice. who knew him and anybody who, if you, ever, if you ever spoke with anyone who knew him or had met him, same thing. And mm-hmm. this guy was everything. In Hall of Fame, yes. Oh, and as nice a guy as he was, great a player, so. All right, Steph, fun fact number
0: two. Bob's bio mm-hmm. has an interesting final paragraph. It reads, "Stuff quote, Bob is an unapologetic animal fanatic and even served on the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption and Clinic in his hometown of Jupiter, Florida. So what does that mean? Does that mean you have a zoo
2: in your backyard? Because I've never seen a bio like that to end it. Um, no, because I live in a condo, so I really can't have... Well, I do have a back. It's actually, I live on a golf course, but I... <laughs> and I've been here. I've lived in the same condo now for like 32 years. I do not... And I'm a 100 yards away from one of the greens. I have no idea what hole it is. Oh, really? That's a Bob thing, to live somewhere for that long and have no clue what hole it is. <laughs> You don't golf? I don't golf. I, I look out the window, though, and I see... And I've realized most people are really lousy golf <laughs> uh but yeah so i'm i'm now part of a um i'm a node in a foster network so i'm part of an organization that goes out and rescues all sorts of street cats and you know and so forth and i'm one of the people who fosters them until they're ready to find their forever home and then <laughs> we have a you know network that extends all the way up the east coast so
1: how many cats have you had in your condo at one time?
2: Uh, it, well, the most was three.
1: Okay. Okay. That's yeah, not bad. So
2: not bad. And those were usually when they were kittens. So I, I never know. And if, if someone comes to visit who hasn't seen me in a while, they never know how many cats they're going to see. in a <laughs> <house>. <laughs> That's not nearly as bad as I was expecting. No, I, I was expecting was
0: something crazy. Lot. Like, yeah. yeah, I had 12 cats uh, that I rescued last week or something yeah, like that. Bob,
1: Are you married?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: You're not married, so you don't have to worry about bring, keep bringing in animals and your significant others. <laughs> your spouse others being like, like uh, stop it.
2: You've got to stop. You
1: cannot rescue <laughs> any more animals.
2: Yeah. I have a feeling if I was married, my wife would probably be as much of an animal lover as I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To yes. to think that highly of someone who wasn't also an animal fanatic.
1: Yes, for right. sure.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Steph. Bob has developed many
0: personal development courses, okay, such as Developing Your People Skills. So it's on his website. One of those courses includes How to Remember Faces and Names.
1: (gasps) Oh, that's so good. So
0: here's the issue I've got, Bob. Everyone remembers Steph. No one remembers me. (laughs) I'm always your Steph's husband, right? Like, Yes, that's my name, Steph's husband. So do you have just like one tip you could share? where it could help me remember people's names or people remember me. And I guess the other thing is, if we see you in two years, Dan in Florida, are you going to remember our names? Is that how this works, Bob? Like you're that good with your system? Um,
2: so so here's my definitive answer. Okay. It depends. <laughs> okay. So let's say, and I used to be known for when I did a program, I would meet people as they were coming in the door there could be 500, 1,000, whatever in the audience, but I'd probably meet about 50 or 60 of them. Okay, And then when I started my talk, I'd ask everybody who I had a chance to meet, as long as we shook hands and exchanged names, you know, please stand up and stay standing. And then I'd go around the room and I'd call back everybody's name. Really? What? Yeah. But, well, first of all, but here's the thing. it's It's just a system. Because I was the world's worst. In fact, that's why I took the course in the first place. I, because I was the world's worst when it came to forgetting names of everybody. I mean, it was it was really bad. So I took the course and I I studied it and I I learned it and and I eventually began teaching it for a while. But I did it, you know, even for years, just as sort of a show opener, kind of, you know, just to kind of get the audience's attention and so forth and use that to prove a point that if you had a system when I I define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal. If it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired result of B, then you know that all you need to do is A and continue to do A and continue to do A, and you'll eventually get the desired result of B. And so uh, so I did it more, you know, sort of as a a, a way to show that and a way okay. to go on. So here's the thing. You know, I could meet 40, 50, 60 people. I would remember their name that day. I probably would not remember them if I saw them the next day or a week or a month later. However, with the two of you... Uh, yeah, of course I would. How could I ever forget the two of you? That would be ridiculous of me.
1: Good answer, Bob.
2: Great I like answer. that answer. He's going to be like, you're Steph's husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm sure
0: you're proud of that. So, yeah. <laughs> very, tr- <laughs> very true. Very true. All right, Steph, I'm going to test you again here. What is your favorite book of all time?
1: Uh, Obviously, it's the Bible, Kevin. (laughs) Yes. Nailed it.
0: Very good. This time, you didn't say the book we wrote called You Met Her Where.
1: But it's still a really good book. That is true. And it would make a great gift for friends or relatives on their birthday or for Christmas.
0: Friends, you can order your copy of our book titled You Met Her Where at KevinAndSteph.com. And we will make sure to personally sign a copy for you or whoever you want.
1: And as always, thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.
0: All right. So speaking of Bob's speaking career, Mm -hmm. Bob has addressed audiences ranging in size from 50 to 16,000.
1: Wow.
0: So he shared the platform with broadcast personalities and a former U.S. president. So what former U.S. president did you get to
2: share the stage with, Bob? Yeah, it was on the same program as Gerald Ford.
1: Oh, wow.
2: And so I was doing, there was a guy named Peter Lowe. I don't know if you remember Peter. He he put on some major, major rallies throughout the U.S. and Canada for a while. And I did a few of them. And on those, they always had, they had anybody from a president to, you know, Willard Scott to uh, Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins, different people. So they had some sales speakers, some celebrity speakers. And so that that's when President Ford was on. Okay. What's it like to speak? To sixteen thousand people,
0: is the energy in the arena just like off the charts? What is that like compared to speaking to a small room, right, with fifty people? I mean, you, I'm assuming you've got to tailor it completely different.
2: Ah, uh, it's it's not that the talk is necessarily different, but I, I agree with you. There's a, a different energy. Uh, It's funny, when I was younger, I used to love, love the, you know, the big conferences like that, the thousands of people and the whole thing. Uh, As I get older, I enjoy the more intimate audiences. Okay. My business partner, Kathy, uh, she and I have a go-giver beyond the mastermind retreat where we have just eight people plus Kathy and me, and then two of our certified go-giver speaker master coaches. And it's a two-day, really intense mastermind of successful people that all, you know, it's But it's a joy to be there for two days. There's something very special about it where doing a 45 or an hour keynote, it's great. Again, I love I've been very fortunate to have this career. Uh, It's just a different feeling. And as I get older, I really enjoy the more intimate ones.
1: Any crazy or amazing stories from any of your speaking engagements from people in the audience to who you spoke with? Any good stories from that? Oh,
2: gosh, you know doing it for so many years. There's there's all sorts of things that, that come up. I, I remember one time I was the, the person who introduced me right before I came up, uh, and apparently someone in their organization had passed away just a couple days earlier. So he's doing the introduction of me, and he, and he kind of stops and says, oh, by the way, of course, we want to, again, acknowledge the passing of What other person's name? Okay, now let's talk about bringing an audience really down. Draining the energy out of the room. Yeah, and it did that. And then, and now let's welcome our speaker.
1: I'm Bob. Hi, Bob.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awful.
1: That would not be fun. That'd be
0: a good practical joke. I mean, to do that to the next guest speaker, that's yeah. Another,
2: another one of my least favorite introductions was, uh, and this was at a big conference for a major, major guy, I won't say the name, but just, you know, and the person's introducing me, and this person was the head of this whole region and the whole bit, and he says, and he's reading my intro, which says near the end, you know, Bob's a big believer in the free market system and believes that the that your your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them, and then he, he paused to the audience and said, I can tell you that one's not true. Oh, no. <gasps> <laughs> Obviously, he had an issue with his, you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. But but I've been very lucky. And, you know, 30 years of doing this, there haven't been too many of those <laughs> clunkers like that, you know. <laughs> That's awful.
0: Oh. That is so bad. Mm-mm. So, Bob, when you're speaking... Do you have a story about like what you would use to like drive home a point when you're trying to get through to an audience?
2: Yeah, and the, and the two of you know because this is your expertise that anytime you tell a story, it's going to have such a greater impact than just a how to do this or or that because stories you know, they connect on a, a deeper level. They connect on a heart-to-heart level. So the, the theme, the premise of, of The Go-Giver series of books, uh, co-authored by John David Mann. By the way, he's a storyteller. This guy's a master storyteller. But so the theme, the premise, if you will, of The Go-Giver is that shifting your, your focus off of yourself and onto others, trying to serve them, providing immense value to them, is not only a a more pleasant, more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's also the most financially profitable way as well. Okay. And so at the end, I end with a signature story that is intended to drive home that particular point. Now I could say, so remember, take your focus off yourself and place it on others and your business is going to really be, you know, great, you know, snooze, you know, and so forth. So, so I usually end by sharing a story that when I first began in sales, at first was just not very successful at it because I had no sales experience and I I had no formal sales training and uh, apparently the company where I started working didn't either because their advice to me was pretty much go in, talk to people, get the sale. And oh. so I started for the first, you know, for, for the first few months. And then fortunately I was in a bookstore one day, you know, this is 40 years ago. And there were a couple of books and but one was by Tom Hopkins, one was by Zig Ziglar. I got their books, I studied it and I learned and I got really good at sales and and because i now you know i had a system so then it picks up as i tell the story that that i had gone to work for another company selling a, a very high ticket item and i i started out in a sales slump and i just could not get out of the slump and one reason why was because i made a mistake that a lot of young sales people do and that is I was so wrapped up in my own self because of the slump. All I could think about was making a sale, not serving my customers. Right. Nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet or even because you're a nice person. They're going to buy from you because they believe that they're going to be better off by doing so than by not doing so. So obviously, that's not a way to get out of a slump. So one day I come back to the office. And there was a guy there, a much older guy. He was not in the sales department. In fact, I think he was in the engineering department. And he actually, I think, retired soon after. Uh, he was one of these people, and we've all known people like this, who he didn't say much. But whenever he did say something, it was always very profound. Okay. And I think he saw me as that guy who had this great potential, but who was obviously focused in the wrong place and needed some help. And he was a last name kind of guy. He said, Berg, if you wanna make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, he said, you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. Your target is serving others. Mm. And at that moment, I had an epiphany. Great salesmanship is never about the product or service as important as, as those are. That's not what the sale's about. Great salesmanship is about the other person. Really, when you think about it, we could say that what it's about is another person's life being better just because you are part of it. Mm. And so that's a story I end with. So, you know, that's so much better than just saying, "Okay, focus on the other person. Things will work out great. Right. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. But you give a real life example how it impacted your life and they can relate to that.
2: Exactly.
1: You know what I got from that? What's that? You need to serve me more. (laughs) I think that's life, right? <laughs> you need to serve me more, so that in the reward for you is I'll love you more.
0: That's not what I heard.
1: I got that clearly.
0: And yeah, that, that's that's not what you heard. I, I didn't hear, hear that, that, Bob. Shoot! Shoot! How could we be in the same room? This I happens all the <laughs> time, Bob. We can be in the same room, talking to the same person, same conversation. We get in the car and leave. I'm like, that's totally not what I heard I'm at all. I'm
1: pretty sure Bob said, Kevin, serve her more. And that's how it's going to be a happy marriage. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. <laughs>
0: Well, as you can tell, Steph, in 2018, Bob here was inducted into the National Speakers Association Speaker Hall of Fame.
2: Oh. I mean, you know all this stuff about me. How do you know all this stuff?
1: <laughs> he's pretty good at his research.
0: Yeah, Bob. he's good. Thank he's you. Good. Well, they only induct five professional speakers annually mm. with this award. So, Bob, yes. incredible achievement. And what you just said, uh, I've seen some clips of you speaking. And the first thing that comes to my mind is your focus is on the audience, not on yourself. Because I've seen some terrible, terrible professional speakers where I'm like, this dude just likes to hear himself talk. Yeah. And when I was watching clips of you, it's your focus is on the audience and serving the audience versus you and hearing yourself talk. So I was trying to put myself into your shoes. And I felt like if I were you and I had the skill set, I would almost know too much, right? Like I couldn't sit into an audience and enjoy myself because I, the whole time I'd be like, this guy's awful. <laughs> like, can you go to church, Bob, without being like, preacher man, let's wrap it up. <laughs> like,
2: you got to go. Um, I, I actually enjoy it very much. And do you? I, I, yeah, I find I, I learn a lot and I don't really travel much anymore. That's why I'm not speaking as much anymore. I just I never really enjoyed the travel aspect of speaking. Okay, yeah. But you had to do it, you know but I don't do it that much anymore. And so I don't go to a lot of seminars and attend them anymore, but I used to. And so sometimes when there's one in South Florida, I'll attend and just sit in the audience and take notes. And the only thing is if I see someone who, again, is, as you said, and I haven't seen many of those types, but but there are, I mean, you know, it's a big world. So there's always going to be those people, but uh, I've been lucky to see some great speakers. And I just, you know, I learned so much from them.
1: Can you imagine if you're the one speaking and you s- go out in the audience and you see Bob Burr listening there. to you like, oh, please <laughs> Seriously, be good,
0: please
1: be like good. Like every church, Bob
0: would be like, come on, <laughs> pastor, wrap it up.
1: No, I say, I'd just i be intimidated if I was the <laughs> speaker yes. and I saw him sitting yes. in the audience. I'm like, oh my gosh, please be good, please be good.
2: It's happened to me, though, when I've spoken and I've had people in the audience who I, you know, who I really admired and I, I saw them out there or I knew they were going to be out there. I got to admit, it was on the back of my mind.
0: <laughs> a little intimidating. Yeah. And so... <laughs> I can <could> totally <laughs> I could, see that.
2: Yeah. You, you try not to focus on that if you can. But uh, yeah, because I've had some real heroes
0: in this business. And well, final fun fact. <laughs> Bob is the author of a number of books. I think I counted nine. It's on sales, marketing, and influence. The American Management Association named Bob one of the 30 most influential leaders. He was also named one of the top 100 most influential authors in the world.
1: Oh, Bob.
0: He's now sold over 2 million books, including a four-book series titled The Go-Giver, which has sold over a million copies itself and translated into 30 languages.
1: Wow.
0: So you mentioned this earlier, but can you share a little bit more about what is a Go-Giver?
2: Yeah it really is simply someone who has either learned or maybe intuitively always knew that that moving their focus from getting to giving and and in this in this and it's important to understand in this context when we say giving we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others that that's really where it starts it's really an understanding of human nature that to the degree that you add value to the lives of other people, that's the degree to which people feel good about you. They, they know you, they like you, they trust you, they want to be in relationship with you, they want to do business with you, they want to tell others about you and be your personal walking ambassador.
0: Well, Steph, one of the books that Bob has written is titled The Art of Persuasion. Mm-hmm. So personal question, Bob, how do I persuade my wife that we need to go on more trips <laughs> without our children? Can you help me with that? How do I persuade my wife of that?
2: So, first, no clue. Secondly, if you were going to do that, though, if you were going to, you'd have to find a reason that Steph... Made the decision to do that and felt it was of her free will to do that. So, yes. you know, Dale Carnegie, who wrote, you know, the ultimate book on people skills, right? How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yes. The underlying principle of that of that book was in one sentence that Mr. Carnegie wrote. And that is, ultimately, people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. And so if we're going to persuade someone, help them move to a decision that's going to be in the best interest of everyone involved, not manipulate, but yes. persuade. OK, we've always got to find out we've got to discover what it is that they need, what they want, what they desire, what's going to move them closer to happiness. All right. I've got some research to do that. Yes, Steph. you
1: do. you got lots of research, <laughs> especially about serving me. That's going to be a lot of research right there.
2: <laughs> so you guys would love to talk to John, my co-author of the GoGiver series. He and his wife, Anna. They actually wrote a book in the series together. I wasn't involved in this one because i'm I'm not married, so it, it wouldn't make sense. But uh, they wrote a book called The Go Giver Marriage. Oh, really. And it's a it's a half parable and half how to because Anna actually that is what she does. And so, yeah, it's a, this wonderful book. But I th- have a feeling that the, the two of you are such a wonderful couple. I think the the, the four of you would have, like, this really fun conversation. Uh, I'm not meaning to put you on the spot. You don't have to. Yo, you no,
1: know, that's just, fantastic.
0: The two, the two
2: of you are just both such adorable, <laughs> wonderful couples that, you know, I think you guys would enjoy each other a lot. Oh, well, we thank love you. love that. Yes.
0: Steph, what is one of the most asked questions we get about Tell Us a Good Story?
1: Uh, do I really get that excited?
0: <laughs> Besides that one.
1: Oh, How do we get all these incredible guests?
0: Correct. And some of our best conversations have been with guests who our listeners have reached out to us and said, you should talk to this person. To name just a few, Nick Vujicic, Coach Tom Ryan, Carol Montica were all recommendations from our listeners.
1: So if there's someone you would like us to interview and think they might be a great fit for Tell Us A Good Story, please let us know at kevinandsteph.com. You
0: don't even have to personally know them. True. But do me a favor. Before you submit their names, please make sure they are still alive. (laughs) (laughs) That has actually happened, and it is super hard for me to find their contact information.
1: But regardless, thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.
0: Well, friends, for more information about Bob, you can go to his Facebook page, at BergBob. His Instagram is at RealBobBerg, and his website is thegogiver.com. And we'll put all those web links in our show notes so you can click right on it and go directly to his website. Well, Bob... You're fantastic, even oh. for a non-golfer in Jupiter. Right, stuff. it
1: doesn't even know what he lives on. <laughs> Is
2: that, amazing? Is that amazing.
1: That's funny. Yeah, bomb. I live I
2: live two blocks from the ocean and don't osh. I live uh, right on a golf course and don't golf. So I don't I'm, even I'm,
1: walk. The you beach? don't go to the beach.
2: I used to walk to the beach and back, and I do drive by the beach every day on A1A. You know, on yes, there. and I I love knowing it's there but I really don't I, nah. <laughs> that's why when, when you said when you said fun facts fun Bob facts or uh, something that there's really not a lot <laughs> um, you know, anybody who knows me knows I am like the most I'm the most boring lifestyle but it works for me I love it you know, they just give me my cat my, cats, my bo- and, 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 and by the way books we grew up with I grew up with dog we were a dog family. If I could have dogs, and if I was part of a dog foster, I would do that. But okay. but I'm really only able to you know to do cats based on the situation. But so give me animals and give me books, and I'm like and you're happy, Evan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. shocked you're not like
0: walking to the beach and reading your books on the beach.
1: Yay. Yes! right. Like I'm shocked. You know
2: why? Because when I read books, it's like a study oh okay so i take a lot of notes and do all that it's when you're sweating you know (laughs) like a pig you know it's like it's really hard to you know focus yeah
0: bob but seriously in all honesty fantastic like just looking at your website everything you've done your courses your books like my goodness
2: very impressive bob well i have a business partner by the name of kathy tajanel yes she makes it happen do you remember, you guys are too young to remember the originals, but you may have seen it mm-hmm. on, on syndication. Remember the original Get Smart TV yes. show? Yes, Don yes, yes. Barbara yes, So remember how Max, Agent 86, he kind of stumbled and bumbled his way through things, but yes. it always worked out in the end, usually because Agent 99 saved the day, but Max got all the credit. Yes. So that's Kathy and me. <laughs> I call her 99 and she calls me Max. <laughs> So she's behind the scenes. Yeah. She's the pretty strings. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And the more you know us, the more you know she's the brains. <laughs>
0: yeah. Steph, this woman, correct me if I'm wrong, electrical engineering, yeah. uh, degree from Northwestern.
1: Yeah,
2: how do you
0: know that?
1: Bob, he's amazing. Oh, he's Woo. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, I had a, a strict warning, Bob, to keep this to 30 minutes. So, I am I that, that am. That must sorry. be, Leslie's my kind it of... It was. Okay, sorry yes. about that. I hope she was polite about no, it. No, she was, but I got the hint. I'm like, okay, okay I got we're, it. We're going to
1: stop it. We'll stop at 30 <laughs> minutes. So no we're talking.
0: God bless you, sir. Thank you for saying yes to us here.
2: Oh, it, it's, it's my absolute pleasure. You guys are absolutely a joy, and it's just been so much fun. Thank you.
0: Go to the beach, Bob.
2: Yes, go to the beach.
0: (laughs) Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You
1: guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review.
0: Thank you for listening to
1: Tell Us a Good Story.